Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bridgerton Season 1, Episode 6. Wish is over, but we're just getting started. Sit down while I pour the tea. I'm Sarah Carradine, and with me is someone whose activities are quite spirited, Sasha Joseph. Hi, we're here. So excited to talk this wild episode. Swish. And also with us is someone who is already Duchess of all this, Geneva Guadalupe. Geneva, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for that uh, kind uh, introduction and for bestowing that wonderful title onto me. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here to talk to you all about this uh, episode. It's a very important one in a lot of different ways. So um, I'm glad that we're able to have this discussion here. Absolutely. Um, before we go on, Kirsten McInnes has the vapors. So sadly, she cannot join us today. Uh, as Geneva mentioned, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bridgerton depicts a sexual assault and we will be discussing that during the recap. So if that's not for you today, uh, just jump off and we'll see you next time. Sasha has a resource for people in the US who are uh, affected by this. Sasha, what have you got? Yes, so we're going to be discussing marital assault today, and if that's triggering to you, just make sure, yeah, you either skip the podcast or at least skip that part. I'm assuming we'll probably give another, like, spoiler alert, like, this is about to come up, Uh, so want to make sure you do what's best for your mental health. So if you live in the United States, the national hotline is 1-800-656-4673, and make sure you are looking out for yourself and doing what's best for your mental health. Thank you, Sasha. And Geneva has resources for people in Canada. Yes. For our Canadian listeners, you can go to um, the Ending Violence Association of Canada website, which is endingviolencecanada.org for a list of crisis hotlines, sexual assault centers, support services, and phone numbers based on the province that you live in. 
Thank you. And we will put these in the show notes. In Australia, you can call 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737732. And there's also a chat function at their website, 1-800-RESPECT.org.au. All right. Let's let us begin. There's two main uh, stories in this episode, quite strongly an A story and a B story. Let's talk about the B story first. So Colin announces his engagement to Marina in public at a picnic. <laughs> so uh, have you ever decided to drop some uh, news that you're not sure how it will be taken on your family in public so the backlash will be smaller? Personally, no, I have no. not. <laughs> I know. I was like, my mom has definitely um, reprimanded me in public many times. So absolutely not. Like, she don't <laughs> care. She'll drag. I don't I'll like just... airing out drama. Usually, I'll, I, I will talk. I think I will talk to people about it first. Or we would talk to my family about it first before I go do anything, uh, you know, drastic or crazy. Um, or, you know, like that. I think definitely that was probably very awkward for the Bridgerton family because they were given really no notice um, of what, you know, Colin was planning to do. Um, And I think it was definitely an interesting moment because I think, you know, there's definitely been this perception of Colin, especially because of where he lies in terms of the order of the Bridgerton men. And I guess he references it and a lot of other people reference it that he tends to do a lot of flirting with the women um, all the time. So it's a very big surprise to see that he is already ready to settle down. Yeah, it's just, it's so funny because Colin is just on another planet, I feel like, with (laughs) his whole family because he has been the kindest to uh, his mom specifically, right? When Benedict and Anthony, I feel like, walk away from everything. He is always around and always being super generous with his mom. So I wonder if all of this comes from that as well, where Violet was like, I thought we were cool. What happened? <laughs> yes, she it is that awful thing of the child that, oh, I didn't have to worry about you. And so, you know, that child may perhaps not get as much attention, but they certainly mm-hmm. get a more freedom. And I think Colin has found his way to this freedom where he has proposed to Marina, he's settled and he won't be uh, knocked off that path. Well, certainly not yet. Uh, Anthony feels it's his fault that uh, perhaps Colin would like to dip his wick uh, and that's all it is. And he should have taken him to brothels, which is Anthony's uh, solution to the story. <laughs> I mean, that's a solution for everything at this point, like his own life, which is really funny because he wants his brothers to visit brothels and sow their royal oats. But, you know, let alone his uh, or let, sorry, his sister marry someone that frequented those places no 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 he can't handle that so the the hypocrisy is too much for those me double standards it's, those double it's you love to see it <laughs> yep uh, so so violet uh, there's it's a bit of a theme in this episode of people are watching what will people say what can we say in public what can we do 
in public uh, and even behind closed doors there's an ear to listen or a hand to ruffle through some letters. So I really like uh, the narrative structure of this episode where the idea of what can be said and what can't be said and who's looking and do we care comes up. Um, Colin comes to the breakfast table and now there are no eyes to see. So Violet can talk to him about his situation. (laughs) Yeah, it's just I appreciated how Violet was like, no, People are watching. We can't we can't drag this man right now. Let's just give it a moment. So queen shit, because I could never. Like it, it one, how I feel is always on my face. And secondly, you're not gonna make me look dumb, especially a child. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of funny though in that conversation. Uh, Colin's like, well, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I did say that, but um, you know, she kind of makes a joke at least. Well, I, I am relieved that I found out before Lady Whistledown, but <laughs> did <Yeah>. she? <laughs> I know. I was like, mm, okay. Hint, Maybe. Hint. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. If only we knew who Lady Whistledown was, know, we would understand the irony of that line, I think. <laughs> we can um, all joke about this. <laughs> but, you know, he, Colin just tries to make it, you know, clear, like, this shouldn't be that much of a surprise. I've been courting her all season, but of course, you know. Um, Violet's kind of at the point where she's like, well, you know, everything's happening so quickly. I wasn't expecting to lose another child yet already for you to fly from the nest. Um, And, you know, I thought you were just flirting with people, that sort of thing. Um, So, you know, but then Colin even makes like the point where he feels like no one takes him seriously except for Marina. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I kind of that kind of shows I feel like a moment of, yeah, like, Colin, you know, sees this as a serious relationship, whatever this is, whether or not anyone else does. Um, and at least the the most important person to need to believe him or take him seriously or justify his feelings does. So yeah, he's starting to feel like a man. He's stepping into his manhood and he wants to be seen to be a man and a grown up in a family where he has been somewhat infantilized uh, as the one we don't have to worry about, the good one, the flirtatious one, the fun one, uh, while uh, Violet has her hands full with perhaps her her older sons and her eldest child who she's trying to get married. And we can see that Colin's relationship with Marina is very pure from his point of view. And it's almost like a what could have been if it wasn't for the other side of the story, which sort of adds a little poignancy, I think, for for Colin's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we and go. He's to- like, don't worry. And she. And then also, he's like, she's. He's like, don't worry. You ha- you'll have your hands full with Eloise yes. specifically. Yes. Um, so exactly. I think she'd rather swap Eloise for Colin at this point. Um, so we go to the Featheringtons. The the Featherington girls are gossiping. Uh, Marina is. Uh, very pleasant to Penelope, uh, compliments her dress. Penelope asks not to be mocked. She says, oh, well, I, I, I please take the compliment. And she says, I don't want to be pitied. She's wonderfully stony at this point. And I just, I couldn't be more in love with Penelope if I tried. Yeah, I just, I, it's unfortunate because I think Penelope feels like she's the ugly stepsister at this moment. And she has really been in Marina's corner all this while. And I think Marina really feels that for Penelope as well. Like, I don't, I don't know that she is being vindictive towards her just yet. Maybe we'll see what happens during this episode, but I will say um, 
it's unfortunate what circumstances have done to Marina because, again, a character that is really smart but fell, you know, into, like, society's trap and really just got screwed, you know, like, in more than one way. And it's just – it's so unfortunate to see her being, quote-unquote, a woman, right, and take on all of those just negative qualities that maybe even Lady Featherington has. Uh, so it's it's just – it's an unfortunate arc that we're about to go on. Yeah. Yes, I yeah, I think it's interesting that that uh, kinship indeed between Marina and Lady Featherington and maybe that is why they were at locked horns all this time because, in fact, they see themselves in each other. They're very pragmatic. They will do what needs to be done to get what needs to be done done. Yeah, and I think, like, one, you know, one sad thing, because I kind of do see some genuineness, like, here with Marina in terms of this conversation. Um, It kind of gets to a point where she's like, you know, I want to have you as my friend um you know i i've you know i feel like you've been a great friend to me um i've relied on your continued friendship i mean she's the one person penelope was the one person that would go to her room um and you know kind of support her or try to understand the situation that she was going through um and be there for her so it's kind of like i think a little bit shocking at this point that like every time she's trying to say something nice to Penelope right now at this point, you know, Penelope is not receiving any of those, you know, comments well. And of course we know why, um, but I think, you know, it still takes a bit of time to for Marina to finally find out why. Um, so it is a little, for me, I kind of do feel a little bit bad for Marina because I know she's generally trying with her. Um, although we know that, you know, she also has ulterior motives with what's going on with her and Lady Featherington. Yeah, yeah she, and, she has to look after herself, right? Exactly. And and again, I don't fault. Marina is just such a bummer because, again, love the character, love uh, everything she brings to the story. Uh, just so horrible what ends up happening to this exactly. poor. Like, she's also young, right? It's like she's not this, like, 30-year-old girl that all of this happens to. Like, she very much could have been the diamond of the season also. Yes, I mean, and and it's she looks very young too. Even when the steel enters her soul and she has to stand up for herself, she still looks very young. And they allow that that look. They don't overlay her with makeup. Her gowns are very simple, and she looks young. She looks vulnerable, which she is. She's sort of alone in the world, and um, and this is why she has to uh, fend. Well, she feels she has to fend for herself mm -hmm. and she sits in Colin a very safe harbour. He is a good man. He's very pleasant to look at. He's fun. There's kind of no reason why this match shouldn't work except for the fact that she's pregnant and he's being uh, lied to. So lies and deceit are also a theme here in this uh, in this episode. So they go to the modiste because uh, Lady Featherington would like Marina to have a trousseau and a wedding gown. Uh, Eloise and Violet are there because uh, Eloise now has to drop her hem, which is a moment in a girl's life where <laughs> her hem goes from showing her shoes to dropping. Eloise is not keen about that. Um, but I think the engagement of Colin has uh, has um, moved Violet onwards to her next project, which has got to be Eloise. Um, Lady Featherington arrives in the modiste, our wonderful Madame Delacroix, who we love, takes her aside and just very politely but plainly says, 
you have not paid your bill. There is the there is, is the matter of your bill. The bill has not been paid, and therefore there will be no gowns. And then what happens, Sasha? Oh, but like I said, Miss Marina is just as on point as the best of them because even though the modiste is not giving up said gown because of the debt, Marina says, "Oh, what what's that accent I hear?" Is that is that French? What part of French? London? Because girl, you not French. <laughs> and I love that she says it all in French. And Delacroix said, Oh, okay. We'll we'll give up the gowns. It, it's all yours. And it's just what a moment because I love we love Miss Delacroix on this podcast. Um, like we're obsessed with her. Uh we want Madame Delacroix to live her best life with Benedict, maybe, because uh, we've seen it already. So we want her to live, but also Marina should thrive. So I just, I love this whole moment. But give the lady her money, like small business owners, please. They deserve to get their money, too. Yeah, well, and Marina even made that point where she's like, well, you know, my mother was French. So I would definitely know, especially, of course, showing her um, you know, her fluency or at least proficiency in French um, to kind of say she's not being fooled by this. So it was it was quite a moment. And, um, you know, Maria's like, you know, Lady Featherington, we're not going to have probably any issues, are we? You know, and then you get très bon. So that très was bon. kind of. So that was a funnier moment, definitely. Yeah. Oh my God. And I think, again, that, that Lady Featherington sees, she doesn't understand what's been said, but she sees Marina dealing with the situation uh, and it coming out in a positive way for them. So I think she may be a little bit impressed uh, with Marina at this point. Oh, for sure. Game recognized game. Like, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so then there's the, the next scene in this um, storyline is Marina swanning down the stairs. Geneva, what did you think of this scene? Well, you know, this scene, I think, obviously, it's it gives us the, the title of this episode. Um, so, you know, Lady Featherington wants Marina to swish. But can I tell you, I just thought it was, like, super funny, <laughs> Marina's attempt to swish. I don't know. It just made me think of, like, even, like, someone maybe in, like, I don't know, modern day like if they were told to do something like twirl or something and they weren't about it they would literally do exactly what marina did um so i just was so so amused by it because you know i think at this point it's just like what what's what's all what's all this nonsense that you know she has to kind of deal with and of course you know we know that uh penelope is not really thrilled by this whole situation encounter that her mom and Marina are pulling off with Colin, um, especially the fact that they were going to have, uh, you know, dinner and an engagement with the Bridgertons. Yes, and she does uh, mention that uh, Violet Bridgerton is not as naive as uh, Colin is. Uh, so while Lady, Lady Featherington wants Marina to parade up and down in the dress and to swish, I'm assuming to check whether anything can, can be seen amiss. <laughs> Swish. Uh, she's satisfied, but perhaps Violet is a, a little smarter. Uh, yeah, so we have the dinner scene, pleasant chat. Uh, Marina has accomplishments, although she hasn't travelled, as uh, Colin has indeed longed to travel. Perhaps they might travel together. Perhaps they might have 
an early marriage to allow them to travel. Ladies not on Anthony's watch. Suggest. Not on Anthony's Anthony just watch. wants every sibling, you know, anyone actually, doesn't matter, doesn't need to be a sibling <sighs> to just like put his whole power over. He's like, who can I put under my thumb next? Next, he's going to be like, Hyacinth, come here. Gregory, come here. This man is going to stress us out this upcoming He's season. A whole, I know. Can you believe we have a whole season with him? Like, just we're, him. We're going to have to find some love for Anthony in season yeah. two. We need to dig deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What just like love him and then someone is going to just clip all of us hating on Anthony for like <laughs> 10 minutes straight and us faking it. You know what? He just he just provides a lot of frustration. Yes. You know, he he just he's just doing the most and that's his job. He's just making right things now. he's just making things too complicated. Now he now he finally wants to assume the role that he was supposed to assume like half a season ago. Well because Sienna left his house. I know. So it's kind of like, okay, well, now I have no choice. Um, So I'm just going to now say, no, uh, Colin's too young. You should have a really long engagement. Not what they want to hear. Especially not Marina. Especially not Marina or Lady Featherington. I think Penelope might be quite happy for a long engagement and for this all to come out without her having to betray either Marina or indeed she knows it'll break Colin's heart as well um so she manages to get Colin alone she's going to say something to him that's quite delicate and difficult to say he thinks it might be food on his face but it's not food on his face it's that Marina's heart belongs to another what was going on there Geneva well Penelope really wanted to break this news to Colin to hope that he would be like okay I can't get married to Marina now this was like her last plea like I just want you to know she was with this guy George Crane you know he's a soldier I've seen their love letters I thought you should know before it's too late and you run off and get married with her but um Colin does not care <laughs> yeah he's literally like you're really good you know that um do you think i care she had feelings for someone before we met i mean i've flirted with half of the girls in london so i don't have any problem with her talking to a guy before before that but then she's obviously like but she loves the guy and then he's like well she's marrying me so not anymore (laughs) (laughs) not today also uh penelope's uh, sister's singing Oh my god. Oh. The Featheringtons like need oh. to get kicked out of high society because I love the daughters, don't get me wrong, but Lady Featherington, like I I can't believe one person, her and her ladies maid, both of them, just so horrible. How can you make how can two people make us hate a whole like just lineage? I didn't know that was possible because she's horrible. Their outfits and now just making them sing this nonsense. Like, I literally fast forwarded it. <laughs> Johnny's oh, so no. long at the fair. Probably yeah, I was like, stop it. A bunch stop of blue it. ribbons. 
He promised to guide me a bunch of blue ribbons to tie up my body brown hair. No. No, you said fast forward this too. (laughs) No. Whatever they saying was dreadful. I don't even know. I was just like, why? Now I see why Penelope left the room to go find Colin because I don't know what that was. Well, he says that, that the piano forte is sounding better the further he goes away. So that's that's good. Just keep so, drinking. Just keep Well, Marina is no idiot. She saw Colin leave the room. She saw Penelope leave the room. And Sasha, do you think she's going to let them speak alone? <laughs> we pray that she can. <laughs> but listen, like I said, things just aren't going to work the way you want them to work, Miss Marina. And it's it's all bad. It's going down for her. Mm. So Marina uh, it, it enraptures Colin with this wonderful, it's true, but it's also weaving him closer to her. She's never felt at home at home. She hasn't felt that she belongs with the Featheringtons. She doesn't feel she belongs with his extended family. But with him, she finally feels that she belongs. And he's very moved by this idea. And he's very, he feels himself very much to be, ah, I am her resting place. I am her man. I am her protector. And this appeals to his his ego. His, As we've said, he's, he was the overlooked one, the one that was fine, the one that's been infantilised somewhat. And she is speaking to him as if he is a big, tall, strong man, and I think he really enjoys that. I just love that Penelope probably somewhere like not on my watch with the <laughs> with the Arthur um, hand, the Arthur fist meme, where she's just like, "No, how dare you do this for me?" It's just it's not gonna happen. And then they want to run off and get married yes. in Scotland. Yeah, so. Gretna Green's just over the border. It's the closest place to the border with England and you did not need uh, permission from your parents. You did not need the licence. You could just pop over to Gretna Green and get married. He suggests it but he worries that it's not something that she would want. Au contraire, Colin. Au contraire. This is exactly what she wants and she now says she loves it the idea and she loves him oh he's just he's so sweet like what a fool what a fool in lust because i i can't believe that this is love mm-hmm. do you think he just wants to dip his wick probably not i think he's better than his brothers <laughs> so yeah. i i think uh he does like her and i think that he is also very enamored by her because I don't know that other women are like this. Exactly. They're not looking up at him with big brown eyes and a heaving bosom mm-hmm. saying that he is their he is their rock and, and their home. Um, <laughs> and then he is like, I'm your family now. We should make our own family. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the husband now. Yeah, literally. Oh, my God. <laughs> So uh, sometime later, another evening, the Featheringtons are going out to dinner. Penny, (coughs) Penny, (coughs) Penelope. (laughs) At first I was like, okay, (laughs) maybe you can mute. That was so funny. (laughs) That was the best. 
I love it because Sarah's in character and I'm just ruining everything. <laughs> Penelope has a <coughs> cough and she <coughs> can't come to. Can't be coughing <coughs> in these times, Sarah. <laughs> I know things are better where you live. Uh, let's stay in oh Regency. Mind you, coughing, coughing in Regency London probably wasn't much good either. True, you're probably yes. screwed then too. <laughs> uh, so Lady Featherington says she doesn't have to come to dinner, although she is quite tempted to take Penny, Penelope to dinner to cough all over everybody. But uh, she is left to her own devices, and what does she do? She's Ooh. sneaking around. Yeah, in it's the dark, detective mode, looking for some fake letters. That potentially her mom wrote. Mine. And Mrs. Varley wrote. Yeah, I love that she's like, Colin's mine. What should I do? And she's noble. I still feel like she's not trying to sabotage. She's like, listen, I understand why Marina's doing this. So let me just find a reason to not have Marina do this and maybe have her wait for her man's. And she can stay away from my man's. Because <laughs> Colin is mine. But you know, because I she hasn't it. told anyone, but yes, no. in her mind, mm-hmm. she whispered it into a flower. Yeah, oh, that's the thing. As we, as I think we've all complained about this before, and I'm sure we'll complain more about this later in this episode. These people don't communicate anything. <laughs> well, she if just only. probably assumed he would always be there for her just because he's been such a good friend to her and he's so young compared to his other two brothers. You thought wrong, ma'am. You thought mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. He's about to be whisked away. She finds the packed bag under a cloak. She is not a dummy, so she figures out what that means. And she finds, she refines. I think she knows where they are, the letters. And she's comparing the signatures on George's letter to Marina and seeing that uh, George's uh, letter where he dropped her like a like a hot potato <laughs> is not quite the same as the other letters but who should come in and find her marina i oh. just this is where marina goes diabolical cuz up until here you're like yeah we're on the same page you're a product of society you know this is what happened to you and we'll figure it out let's go and then this is where you're like oh you bad bad oh. she breaks bad mhm it's horrible because uh, she just doesn't care. She's like, yeah, f-, f the slant. Like, it doesn't matter. But, I mean, she does make it. She's like, well, she ne- she never got a response. So. Mm-hmm. What what else she's supposed to So it's like, he, yeah, he I agree. Like, what happened? You know, I don't know. Like, what happened? So it's kind of like, okay, how long is she supposed to wait for this man that she doesn't even know where he is? So, in a sense, Strong, I, like, get independent it. independent women don't but wait also, for no man. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she burns the letters. She doesn't care now. She says, even if this one is forged, the fact remains he hasn't responded to the letter where I told him that I was with child, that I was carrying his bebe. So it's all the same. And I am marrying Colin. And why do you care? She figures it out. You she love him. Out. You love him. It makes sense now. Yes. But the thing is, I'm going to be a really good friend to you now, Penelope, says Marina. I'm going to be a really good friend and tell you that it is a little 
girl's schoolgirl crush and you have absolutely no chance with him. I say this out of love for you and I say it out of friendship because nobody else will. Meth. He sees you no differently than Eloise Hyacinth. The Hyacinth part is the worst because you're like, okay, Eloise and you are at least the same age. But this, (laughs) oh, it was so horrible to be like, nah, more like his five-year-old sister or however old Hyacinth is. She's not five, right? (laughs) Oh, that was horrible. But he sees me as a wife and a woman. Um, you know, I must make these difficult decisions for myself and my child, even if they hurt your feelings, which, yeah, sure. In one way. Yeah, I get that. But also, you don't you don't need to necessarily say, oh, he sees you like a sister. I mean, that's, you know, or like, yeah, like a young child, like Hyacinth, that's pretty like low. So, yeah, like she's already on the floor. You don't have to knock and if her she down all the way. was a friend to you. Like, it's not probably something you should say to a friend. Exactly. Despite the fact that it's almost certainly the truth that mm-hmm. he sees her as a sister. They've grown up oh across God. the road from each other. She was She's best friends with his sister, Eloise. They're very easy together. They chat together. They dance together. They frolic together. So he sees, I think he does see her as a sister and she, she pines. She pines. I wonder In if silence. anything could possibly stop them running away. To Gretna Green. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> but that's something we won't specifically say what, but we will say what, if that makes sense. I don't know. You don't know what we <laughs> mean. If you know what we're talking about, if you've seen beyond this episode. If you no, know, no, you a, know. It's in this episode. It's in this Lady, episode. Yeah, Lady Whistledown spills a bean or two before our hapless couple, Marina and Colin, can possibly get away to Gretna Green. Lady She's like down. ready to leave too. Oh, so sad. she has her hat on. She has a very cute hat on the side of her hair. And she's so happy. She looks the happiest that she's looked this entire season. Marina, as she trips down the stairs, trips lightly down the stairs, not trips down the stairs. <laughs> it's one way to one way to get rid of a baby. Um, she well, that's one some. Women women have resorted to that, but anyway, let's not talk about that. She glides down the stairs Mm, happily with her bag, ready to meet him, only it's not him at the bottom of the stairs. It's Lady Featherington clutching the latest Lady Whistle down as Julie Andrews gives us the narration. Horrible news for all of us, man. The bond between a man and a bride, between the man and the bride is private and sacred. And she has learned that a grave fraud is afoot. As if the Featherings had enough to deal with, Miss Thompson is with child. She has been since she arrived in our fair city. Desperate times may call for desperate measures, but I would wager that many think her actions beyond the pale. Perhaps she thought it was her only option, or perhaps she has no shame. But I ask you, can the ends ever justify the wretched means? That's the best part of the whole... We will see. Yeah, because that's how story A also ends, right? Does the end justify their wretched means? Because it's truly horrible. And before we move on to story A, let's stop down now for an advertisement. Listen and see if it's a product or service that you yourself might like to avail yourself of. And we will see you shortly. 
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. Back to the beginning as we must go, where the Duke and the Duchess arrive at Cliveton. This is a very grand scene as the carriages pull up to the grand manor with the servants lined up on the uh, stairs and the Duke hands his wife, his Duchess, out of the carriage and up the stairs to say hello, hello, how do you do, hello, to all the servants and finally arrive to meet the housekeeper of Cliveden, Mrs. Colson. What's your deal, ma'am? Like she is, <laughs> since day one she said Daphne ain't it for me, nope. I don't I don't want it. I don't like it. <laughs> she will not compare to the previous Duchess or those who came before her. That is clearly what you get from Mrs. Colson. Get out of here. Mrs. Colson's been running the house. And she feels perhaps that her position is being usurped or put aside by this young girl. I mean young girl, who is now above her in status as a duchess. She's prepared everything. She's prepared a light meal to be had on the terrace. She wants to take the Duchess for a tour of the grounds. The Duke has other ideas. The Duke would like to show her the bedroom instead. And Daphne's like, yours or my bedroom? And he's like, you truly believe we are to have separate rooms? I should think not. I should think not too. So they immediately start having sex and Daphne enjoys it very much. Is the short version. <laughs> there are going to there's going to be a lot of sex in this episode. Uh just let's have a shorthand. They both enjoy it until they don't. But I also want to know, right, like how they are breaking quote unquote the the rules. I don't know if rules is the right word, but um traditions where they are supposed to be apart and not always together, but it's just, it's so sweet for them to be together and for Simon to, you know, break all of those bonds and really not be like his dad and be in a marriage for love and care about Daphne and really want her close at all times. Yeah. It's, and they won't, and they, I was going to say, and they want to spend a lot of time together, but then Daphne, I think, is aware of how, you know, I guess just the general air of Mrs. Coulson and really wants to make a good first impression and, you know, learn how to be a duchess because if she doesn't, then nothing in the house will run smoothly. Very true. So Simon wants round two. Uh, uh, 
But uh, Daphne says, no, no, she must go and take the tour that Mrs. Colson had uh, prepared for her. So they do go on the tour. Uh, Mrs. Colson has a gorgeous line in shade. She likes to throw shade at the young Duchess. Uh, she's an older woman. She is very secure in her position. And I think Daphne doesn't quite know because Daphne's probably had everybody respond to her happily in the past. Everybody loves Daphne. She's pretty. She's polite. Everyone wants to be around her. And she's come up against Mrs. Colson, who is not going to be mm, charmed by mm-hmm. this young lady. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, there was definitely, I think Mrs. Colson definitely seemed alarmed when. Daphne had all her plans for remodeling, plans for the dream she had for the house, talking about, oh, we should give the workers time to rest. And she's like, well, y'all are living here. We can't rest. Um, That's not how this works, Daphne, uh, Mrs. Coulson is kind of basically saying in so many words. Um, And then also, you know, Daphne's like, well, you know, we could wait till the end of the social season to have a first ball and all the sorts of stuff. And then we also see a photo of the former Duchess. and kind of what, you know, Mrs. Coulson sees as, you know, the ideal, the perfect duchess. And Daphne is not matching what, you know, Mrs. Coulson uh, hopes for um, in a duchess and what, you know, we had seen in the past or what she had, you know, lived with in the past. It's but a huge a portrait. Yeah, give her a break. She just started duchessing. Yeah, and she's know, so it's day young. One. <laughs> yeah, it's day and, one. <laughs> and it's like... Wh- why can't both women exist? Why are we pinning right women against each other? It's so, it's just so weird because I remembered, right? Oh, this is the person that didn't like the, uh, that didn't like Daphne. So I, I really wanted to watch this episode as like a, what am I missing? You know, like, did we miss certain keys and stuff like that? But absolutely not. Like she just, since Daphne came in because the duke wanted to have sex with her it seemed like that immediately set her off and she's like oh she didn't want a house tour she'd rather be with her husband oh it's a wrap like i just it makes no (laughs) sense it makes no sense i don't think there's anything that daphne could have done to uh make mrs colson bend certainly not till she figures out what it is that she can do Uh, mrs colson is prepared to be tight-lipped and disapproving um, and guard her heart from being charmed by this young girl, in particular when she very discreetly yet proudly shows the nursery, which is very pretty, and, of mm-hmm. course, Daphne does not want to linger at the nursery. So this does oh, not please on. Mrs Colson. Let's move on. She mm-hmm. also glimpses uh, behaviour at the dinner table. Mrs Colson glimpses behaviour at the dinner table that she is not happy with does not approve of the wonderful long table with the duke at one end and the duchess at the other and simon says you're a very long way away so daphne picks up her plate and wine glass says oh i'll come closer then so this is what i again don't understand like some of these people are so stuck in tradition that they're in their own way because again what she sees or sorry what she has seen right with the horrible marriage before of the duke number one and duchess number one simon's parents was horrible so why aren't you happy that their child who grew up right in this horrible horrible way is now with someone that loves him a lot and they're like actively showing their love in many different ways like is 
I feel like it isn't just sex. They're sleeping together. Like it's there's a lot of intimacy. There's a lot of just like emotional connection. And again, is this woman just sad that she couldn't get it? Because like I don't understand. Like it's very unfortunate that she's disapproved now that this beautiful, you know, new family is starting to show up. So I don't know. It was she's just kind of frustrating. And I and I didn't realize all this the first time around. Uh, but when I rewatched it with that lens, I'm like, you're just you're like nothing she says makes sense to me. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, quite strange. And I don't know if it's just that she felt like, oh, because of the way that the former Duke and Duchess did things, that's the way that things should always be. And so like that should be the protocol that happens in this house. But in reality, it's like Simon and Daphne are two different people. And as she probably knows, you know, you know, the, the, you know, Simon and, and Simon's father did not really get along well. Uh, you know, they barely even interacted and Simon clearly does things differently and operates differently. So I think that's just the thing is like, I guess it's just like more of a, you know, a shock to Mrs. Coulson. But I feel like at this point, it's kind of like, she should realize that things will be a bit different but and it's it's always it's very interesting though because you know I think I think you know at first I think there was that consciousness like you know Daphne at the beginning like when they were there it's like oh well, what will the you know the the servants and the people think of us doing you know showing things in public and Simon was like well don't worry about that so it's kind of got to the point where now they're not worrying about that and then now I guess everyone's like oh this is weird uh so yeah but I think that's also the thing is maybe they're just not they're not used to seeing that because that's not what they saw with the former Duke and Duchess so I think it's just I guess a shock whether it should be not necessarily but yeah it was a sad dark house it was a lonely boy growing up with um, the, mm -hmm. the Duke being away and then since the since uh Duke daddy died she, Mrs. Carlson has had the house to herself. It's run perfectly. You see how perfectly a house can run when there's no aristocracy uh, to mess things up. I think she's feeling territorial. Uh, and presumably she, because she was there during that time, she has a, she had a relationship with Simon when he was a little boy. And that also must change. Some people just find change very, very hard. Um, so we have some, some sex outside. In the I rain. also want to say, sorry, one last thing. Yes. Uh, is that Daphne asked Simon if he is connected to anything in the house before she redecorates. So that's another moment where it's a loving, normal relationship, right? Where she knows that this is his house and his childhood house, rather. And, you know, she never wants to uh, take anything away because remember the painting and his, you know, connection to his mom. So I also, again, want to say, like, there are currently exhibiting all the forms of like a loving relationship that's why the servants can kick rocks because you're finally seeing like something healthy and listen and even the bridger turns right like they although they're not a duke or they weren't in dukedom they also broke quote-unquote all these traditions and sat together sat close to each other so that's another reason why i was getting very frustrated by the servants because of just how kind they're being to each other. Yeah. And then based on what we know about his relationship with his family and his father and just generally like kind of his childhood, Simon's just like, I don't really care. You can change whatever you want, you know, but 
of course, Daphne's like, oh, you must have some sort of sentimental attachments, but he doesn't really. Um, so I think he's just he's just so in love at this point. He's just like, whatever you want. <laughs> well, they, he needs his stamina for the for the honeymoon. There you go. Everyone needs stamina. Mm-hmm. According to Lady Whistledown. Yeah. I mean, does he? Because the sand, like, it's like a minute. <laughs> I don't think he needs a lot of stamina. I'm just saying. Yes, but it's several rounds. You've got to you've got to add up the rounds, not just the individual timing. Sure. So they they it's they, quality, not quantity. But you know, whatever. Yeah, there you not, go. not the Simon. It's very much quantity. It's in the <laughs> yeah. It's uh, in the rain. It's outside of the rain. It's in the picnic. We see a nice bum there, as you know. I appreciate a bum up oh, a library yes. ladder. The the young female servants are not at all horrified by all of this they're enjoying themselves at the door having a good old uh listen mrs colson has a quick listen herself yes yes that all that all sounds right she is mrs colson after all mm-hmm. i know that's why i was like is she married like what what's up bro but it might be yeah. an honorific they might yeah, they might just go for, for yeah yeah mm-hmm. Oh, so sad. But I also love that because this is when they're outside, right, in the rain. And Daphne just goes, does that hurt? And I love that he just says, no, does it hurt you when you finish? So I just I appreciate both of them just kind of caring about each other so much. And there is a lot of consent being practiced currently. Mm-hmm. But the sort of the under the undertone of that or the hint to us is that he is uh, uh, using the withdrawal method. Right. Uh, yeah, because he always work. looks like he's like, I think he always kind of looks like he's struggling or making a face. So I think that's why also probably why she's like, does that hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably also where he's inquiring. But he's like, no, it's absolutely wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and we have no reason to believe that it isn't. Shall we go to the fair? Yeah, let's do it. Should we judge some pigs? Which pig would it be? Wait, before, before, you know, the maid and Daphne oh, yeah. have that little quick combo. Um, and, you know, Daphne's like, I didn't believe. Oh, I think know. that's after the fair. That's after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. After the because fair, but she... before the second. Yes. Yeah. She was a second round. She finds evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was, we're going to judge. Um, we're going to judge some pigs. There are three pigs. Um, Sasha, which pig is the winner? All of them. We're giving <laughs> participation trophies to everyone. Bro. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, now, this God. turns out to be, this is Daphne. She's invited to judge between three pigs as to which is the best pig. She says they're all the winners. This turns out uh, shortly to, well, in the time, but she finds out this was a grave error because the winning pig decided by the Duchess means that that pig farmer can supply pork to Cliveton to the to Cliveton House for the year and it's worth uh, quite a lot of money. So if none of the pigs win, none of the farmers will get their money. But the thing is no one told no one told Daphne. Simon didn't tell Daphne, Mrs. Colson didn't tell Daphne. No one had a word with her and said you you have to choose a winner. So again, it's her in her it's not innocence, but it's certainly naivety. It's certainly ignorance. Uh, we mm-hmm. like to they like to keep the, the women in ignorance, uh, and so she makes a grave error there at the at the fair. Um, and and Simon farmer. has no idea either, right? So that's another he's so thing. Disconnected it's, with yeah, you know, because with I think Simon. usually he's he has been the only person that's willing to be honest with her, but 
since he's been so far away, which we'll learn later, that's why I think that's another reason why she flops. Because the one person that could have been honest with her is also in the dark. Mm-hmm. As a farmer does come to him and say the the uh, rents have been tripled by the steward, the steward who's been running the estate since uh, Duke Daddy died. Uh, things are not as they should be. This is not just a glorious fuck fest. It actually is the return of the Duke to his holdings and he must oh, now take yeah. the reins. Yeah. They have a nice little chat because she, a little child, ran up to her and was comforted by her. And they have a little chat as they walk through a field and she brightly says that all her brothers and sisters will soon be married and there'll be lots and lots of children running around. And he is relieved and happy and enthralled and so glad that she is content to just be an aunt and she in her ignorance of his duplicity is pleased to just be an aunt oh my god it's just it's so unfortunate because you could tell that they both care about each other so much and they just want things to be better for each other but it's just hot mess hot mess why don't, these people why don't they not talk? communicating bothers me because yes. she's just like oh i hope it didn't pain you to see you with those children and it's like no because the reason he's not it's not that he can't have children like physically it's just he chooses not to but you don't know that because simon never communicated that to you about his childhood trauma so this is where he thinks that you're okay with it because he's assuming that you know why, but, or you like, you're just okay with him not having children. Um, so it's just a mess and it just frustrates me. Um, and we'll talk about that more, of course. <laughs> of course. So Daphne finds Simon very hard at work. He has now taken the reins of his, uh, of his uh, estate. She goes into the village and finds uh, many a cold shoulder is being turned on her. She finds out why, because of the pig, and she realises that she needs reinforcements. She cannot be out here on her own. So she calls Mrs Coulson to have a cup of tea and she appeals to her, uh, woman to woman, I will be guided by you, and I think this is the beginning of the thawing of their relationship. What did you think, Sasha? Yeah, because as Geneva had pointed out before, this is when Rose and uh, Daphne chat about uh, Mrs. Coulson and in general all of it. And Miss Coulson is still like, why are you out here taking our jobs? Like, let us just do the work for you. Uh, don't be, you know, quote unquote, down with the people as much. So I just I appreciate it because maybe Mrs. Coulson's like love language is gossip, which I understand because it's me as well. And she's giving Daphne is giving Miss Coulson, Mrs. Coulson, the the respect, I feel like, of being the elder and really like getting her takes and her uh yeah, her like expertise and wisdom. Wisdom is the word I was looking for in all of this. Yeah, and in and in getting the the story of the lonely boy growing up at home and Mrs. Coulson is is flattered by the attentions of the younger woman. And, in fact, this is a very good um, pairing. Why wouldn't you uh, have Mrs. Coulson as an ally uh, mm. rather than not? Um, and Mrs. Coulson, as we said, she did overhear them uh, in their spirited activities and she was not displeased. 
she drops the hint, a womb cannot quicken without healthy seed. And Daphne is finally, finally twigging to something. She's not quite there yet, but when she comes into Simon working late and they have more sex on the desk this time, Simon grabs a handkerchief to ejaculate into and leaves it there. She starts to put all sorts of things together as she sees this handkerchief. Yeah, she was wondering about this. But the thing that I was actually trying to uh, mention earlier was she had a conversation with the maid when the maid was actually brushing her hair about the activities that they were having. And at the time, Daphne was saying that, you know, she didn't believe it was possible for them, like, to actually have sex, even though he couldn't have children. And so she was glad that she was wrong, um, which also connects to this moment where it's an interesting moment because now she's starting to think about wait so like what is it that allows you to have children what is the thing that I'm missing what is that missing piece and to starting to connect the dots here yeah I just oh that was the saddest thing because we all know what's going on and we're in on it um as women that live in the 21st are we the yeah we're still in the 21st century right oh my god uh, as what is okay. wrong with me? Um, anyway, as There's women, nothing in the, wrong with you. Here we are, uh, math. But as women in the 21st century, you know, we, for the most part, understand or have access to enough resources around us to understand more. But can you imagine how humiliating it must have been to like take that to damn, uh, ladies' maid, and then that person has to tell you who. She rushes, she takes the crusty hanky and she rushes to Rose because she feels that Rose will tell her. And she says, you have to actually tell me how it happens. And Rose says, oh, didn't your mother tell you? No, everyone. Everyone, no. She didn't tell her anything. And while we don't hear the words that Rose says, uh, we think that Rose gives her a very good mechanical rundown as to how babies are made. It just, oh my God, horrible, horrible, horrible. She realizes that it's not that he can't have children. It's that he won't have children. And that is the like final dagger in this, this, this short-lived love romance that we saw. Yes. And before we, I think, delve into um, this heavy topic and this uh, Mm -hmm. scene, we just do want to uh, make a reminder that, you know, we at the Dark Walk um, do um, want to um, let you all know that this is kind of the time that we're going to talk about the scene between Daphne and Simon, and we will be talking about sexual assault. Um, So if for some reason, if this is, you know, maybe like a heavy topic for you or you feel uncomfortable listening to this. Um, this is kind of the point of the episode where we will be talking about this. And we hope to um, see you soon in upcoming recap. And please know that in the show notes, we will actually have resources, um, some of the resources we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. And if this is your time to leave, then we will see you next week. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. All right, so for those of you who have stayed, we come to a scene where they are in bed 
she is going to take charge. They start to have sex in the lovely missionary position. She rolls on top. At first, he really enjoys it. You can see it in his face. He's loving it. Then he realises that she is not going to stop and she's not going to let him up. And so she holds him down essentially until mm. he ejaculates inside her. How could yeah. you? How could you? Yeah, he keeps saying, wait, wait, Daphne, Daphne. And then he, of course, goes, Daphne, what did you do? What did you do? Uh, she says she hopes that it wasn't true. She hoped that he wasn't deliberately holding, withholding children from her. Uh, but now she knows that he was. And she's How like, you lied to me. And he's like, I did not lie. But he did. He, well, he didn't tell the full truth. And so, because of course, a lot of assumptions were made. That's the thing. And I this is where it bothers mm. me that there is this lack of communication about, um, you know, and I know it's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable. And Simon went through a lot. But I think that um, just assuming that Daphne would know and understand when we know that literally Simon has basically taught her everything, I think was just kind of a weird, um, you know, assumption. But again, yeah. I yeah. think Daphne should have, before doing what she did, should have been like, hey, can we talk about this? Like, why can't you have children? Like, what is the situation? Nobody yeah, talks to anybody. Yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's hard to find the words to, to say, I think, because Bridgerton is sort of lush and lovely and frocks and heaving bosoms and bottoms and uh, misunderstandings and balls and love and bad characters. And then we come to this moment in the series. It's very hard to get around. You can't get around it. It's sexual assault. Uh, no matter if we say we understand she feels betrayed, no matter which way you cut it, no matter that she's a young, ignorant girl, uh, she did this to him. And how do we go from there? Yeah, and I think she she shares, right? Oh, I am tricked, humiliated. You know, you took advantage of basically my innocence or whatever. And it's horrible because isn't that what you just did to him? Right. In that he has shared for many, many from the jump that he cannot have kids. He's he's not right either, but at least he didn't take advantage of you. I think he took it. I will say I do think he took advantage of the situation. I do think that um, he maybe was like, oh, she knows. But didn't you teach her about masturbation? So you really think that she's going to know anything about exactly. anything like absolutely not so i felt like he was also fake feigning ignorance here like i don't believe that it's 100 percent on her but in this moment it's just doing he has asked for her consent for every single thing like sexually they have done together and you know even when they're having sex in the rain right a few scenes ago he asks are you enjoying this is this good for you what do you want so to me it's like he's been when it comes to them like sexually being together I feel like he's been so respectful of her and you know constantly making sure that she's along for the ride and enjoying it and you know and like understanding as a virgin 
how to navigate all of this. So it's just, it's really frustrating. I don't like to see this because again, I don't know why women, right? Like Marina, now Daphne have to, you know, because of however society, right? Like has put them in these horrible positions have to like sort to being just deceiving um, or yeah, these like, not so great women when you know we've like championed them for these past episodes so it was really frustrating for me to watch this and I know um the author doesn't talk about this part either like everyone's kind of like oh but the duke's hot and it's sex and he lied to her first but that's not what we're doing here on the dark walk like honest is honest and like when you know and we're real feminists where we you know it's equality for all and this wasn't and it was horrible because she got on top of him and he was super enjoying it. And he was like, oh, she's finally getting, you know, like sex and we're finally working together. And then she does this and he's naked and she has clothes on like that also should not be lost on us because he's emotionally and physically naked. And look at her just like completely clothed. And I'm sure she does not feel dignified either, but still. The, yeah, the juxtaposition of it all. And it's just crazy because even though she's like, oh, I trusted you, I trusted you, and then you took advantage, but then she's like, you know, you seized an opportunity, and so I did the same. And it's just like, you don't have to do that, Daphne. Just just have a – just literally, like, have a conversation. And then – but then, you know, of course, he's like, well, I told you I couldn't – like, I cannot have children, but she's like, cannot and will not are entirely different things, which is also – kind of my frustration with Simon that he did not explain to Daphne yes like why he cannot or will not in this case have children um but then she's like you know you chose this for yourself you chose to lie to me and he's like I did not lie but it's like you did lie but also you know like assuming that she was prepared and understanding how a child I again that's where I'm kind of confused because I'm like Simon you you literally told her how to explore her sexuality and have kind of guided her through this whole thing so I'm not sure where this comes from but sexuality but, and reproduction are two they're, they're yeah, connected exactly. but they're two different things I think he could well have expected that her mother would have told her about reproduction the mechanics of reproduction and he, what he has taught her about is sensuality and sexuality yeah. and sexual pleasure and yes they do go together but they are they're two different things I think he could reasonably have expected that uh Violet would have told her the mechanics of it and for him when he says I cannot have children he means he cannot in his mind he's not being deliberately obfuscating by using cannot instead of will not because as, as far as he's concerned he made the vow to Duke Daddy on his deathbed and that is the pact to his own death that he will carry because of the way he was brought up as a child and because of his damage. So in his mind, I cannot have children is in fact a true statement. But what she says is, no, it's not a true statement because in fact you will not. So we do, we see both sides. He says that he was prepared to die rather than trap her into a marriage where he could not give her children. We are on both sides, but she, she done a very bad thing. And I remember the first time I watched it, having not read the novel, I I was stumped. I stopped. I wondered if I could continue because I'm being asked, 
you know, we're being asked to be on Daphne and Simon's side as we go through. We want them to be together. There'll be misunderstandings and then everything's happy. I thought that's where we were. Why we're at episode six and there's two more to go, I wondered. I certainly mm. found out. It's very hard to stomach uh, this scene and what it means, this act that Daphne has performed. I mean, in one way, she's no longer a naive, ignorant girl. She is now a woman and like Marina, she has broken bad like Marina. She is acting on a good man or a reasonably good man in the Duke's case uh, against their best um their best um uh, their best wishes and their best mm. you know health yeah okay. i find it confusing still still coming back to it uh i was uh, not dreading i won't say but i was putting from my mind this scene watching it again i uh, all the all the same stuff came up again and i just i imagine the writer wishes narratively that perhaps there had been a different way of writing this yeah, but like I said, because I think last time I did interview, uh, I did look at her interviews and she, again, I don't know that they realized this. And I know um, y'all should check out our, like way back when, a year ago, patron um, only, but it was open to anyone. It just dropped in the patron feed of post-show recaps, how we chatted about this, because Kirsten had some knowledge as well about what happens in the books, right? And I think it's much worse in the book, so... Um, that's just something else to note. Hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, ultimately for me, it's just a failure of uh, communication. And honestly, that's just kind of what bothers me about this whole thing. And, you know, I like, even though Daphne makes some decent points, it doesn't justify what she did. I think at the end of the day, if she had any issues, she should have talked to Simon about it. But again, I really wish that Simon opened up a bit more about what happened again, I understand it was tough. You know, it was a tough childhood for him and he went through a lot of trauma with his dad. But like, if I was, if I, if I heard like, oh, I cannot have children, that, that sounds like I physically cannot have children. Not that I choose not to have children or I will not have children. And of course, she doesn't know about this vow. So I just feel like Simon's just making, you know, a lot of assumptions. But again, Daphne, I feel like trying to place all this blame on him, I don't really like that either. So it's just, I, you know, it's just kind of the, it causes, you know, definitely a huge fracture um, in their relationship, of course. Um, and it's just a and, sad And, in, a, and in our viewership as well. I think it, mm -hmm. it causes a fracture in our viewership. I mean, one thing I think that um, Shonda Rhimes and the creators have done is given us six episodes of people not communicating, six episodes of situations that we understand to be period correct in terms of people not saying things, six episodes of secrets, six episodes of if only they had spoken, you know, this would have been half an hour long. So they have shown us and given us and led us to a situation where this very thing, this very uh, blackness at the heart of the darkness, I'm sorry, at the heart of the relationship is revealed but also we understand why it's there and why they never spoke about it. So um, that's where we are. Lady Whistledown, as voiced by the wonderful Julie Andrews, says, all is fair in love and war, but some battles have no victor. 
And I think that's a beautiful way to describe how we all feel about that. Only a trail of broken hearts that make us wonder if the price we pay is ever worth the fight. The ones we love have the power to inflict the greatest scars for what thing is more fragile than the human heart. And then that's also kind of leads into the scene where Eloise and, you know, uh, Penelope kind of, you know, reunite. And uh, Penelope, of course, is getting comforted by Eloise with the whole situation with, uh, you know, Colin and Marina. Yeah. It's a sad sad note to end on. Mm Mm-hmm. But come back because things will get weirder. But I also (laughs) I appreciate that Eloise and uh, Eloise and Penelope are friends again, or you know at least finding comfort in each other for different reasons. But I I'm excited to see that this friendship is like slowly coming back. And also, it's set up. We don't know what Colin's reaction will be to this news. Uh, And Mm -hmm. uh, Benedict, we have him dangling see what's going to happen with him so that's it from us for episode six swish uh join us again next time for episode seven geneva what do you have going on at the moment and where can people find you that's a good question i don't know what i have going on um but (laughs) (laughs) you can find me at peace love jen on twitter what i will be tweeting about all the reality TV um, and random things in life. So probably about Big Brother Canada 10, um, about Survivor 42, um, the wide variety of reality shows um, that are, you know, out in about um, on Netflix and a variety of um, networks. So yeah, if you want to know my thoughts, you can find me there. And of course, you can find me on Silent Podcasts every once in a while. Um, we are on um, Anchor, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, etc. wherever you listen to your podcasts. Awesome. And Sasha, what about you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at funsize underscore 04, uh, where you'll know all the other podcasts I'll be on and over on Silent Podcasts as well, wherever you get your Uh, podcast feeds and make sure you're leaving us five-star reviews y'all because if you leave it we're gonna read it and other people will find us so make sure you do it and what about you sarah well well said uh you can follow me on twitter at sarah carradine i'm recapping our flag means death here on post show recaps and if you are a round the twist fan stay tuned for some rather exciting news But until then, toodaloo. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.